What's up, y'all? This is John and Mike back for another episode of the Nothing Finer podcast. We are back live on Millions tonight. If you haven't already, go check us out on millions.co. We're going to be doing these live shows frequently, and uh, I think we're going to get started here soon on some merch to go up there if you're interested in that. I know we're trying to to plan to do another watch party here soon as well. Um, Mm -hmm. So we got some cool stuff coming down the pipeline with millions um glad to be partnered with them this season and another partnership we're glad to have this year and that is bet us fuse our link 125 percent bonus and 30 risk-free bets if you haven't been making money with us start this week because i made money last week i made uh about doubled my money last week i i was real happy go. about what happened um but before we get into all the craziness that happened in week four, because there was a you know a good bit of shake up there, what how was your weekend and what are you drinking? Weekend was good. You know, a lot of football end to end. Started with uh with Lincoln, my my second son, uh, his football game. He his team's not very good. They've been getting dominated, but uh, he's individually he's playing well. Um, you know, they put him out the outside. We kind of taught him a spin move to do when he's, uh, you know, on the defensive line. So that resulted in him having a couple sacks, a couple tackles for loss. There you go. Uh, he had a pass, pass defended as well. And uh, when he was on the offensive line, had a couple pancakes. So, I mean, again, individually, great. But, um, you know, still lost like 32 nothing. And they have every every touchdown they play because we had to drive over to – um to uh, uh Hardyville, South Carolina, which again, it or sounds like a place far. you've never been. There's there's not a ton there. That's a quick trip. That's about all that I drove by. There's a good by. disc golf course in Hardyville. Uh, okay. But yeah, it, that's the only reason I ever go. It's, and the funny thing is, um, it's really not that far from us. Like for, from my house, like door to door or door to field, it was like 35 minutes, which makes it, you know, you feel like it's a lot further than that, but it's really, it's not too bad um drinking i just have water it's been a long it was a long weekend of drinking so trying to get back on track how about you no man went up to uh went up to charlotte uh kelsey's got a family member that's pretty sick so we went up to spend some time with them and um had the misfortune of um a four-hour drive taking uh six and a half yesterday Mm -hmm. um so that was that was great um, if you've never driven through Columbia, highly recommend you don't ever. Mm-hmm. Um, because the people drive as well as their offensive line blocks. Good at slowing down, uh, Georgians, but no, nobody else. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> somebody single car accident, uh, went through the median, through it. You're not supposed to do that. And it was one of those like it was one of those cable medians. So you had to be Ooh. taking some speed. <laughs> Single car accident yeah. through the median. Both sides of the interstate were shut down to one lane. It was pretty miserable. And that's kind of why we didn't record yesterday. Um got in the car in Charlotte and the ETA just kept going up and up and up. There's nothing worse. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I've never, I've never had a good experience driving through Columbia. So like when we, 
Um, we haven't made the drive to Detroit from uh, Savannah quite yet, but when we've when we've talked about it, we like my parents came down once or twice, or at least once that way, and they asked like, "Oh, should we go, you know, the slightly longer way through Atlanta and down seventy five and all that, or go, you know, through like the Virginias and the Carolinas and stuff?" I'm like, as bad as Atlanta traffic is, you'll be less frustrated with that than you would be in the Carolinas, right? Because in Atlanta traffic, it's like, oh. There's a seven car accident. I get it. And there's two cars on fire and yeah, it's just yeah. everything. And you get it. You understand. And, and then you drive through Columbia and you're just like, there's no skid marks. There, There's only one car. And all you see is a car on the other side of the interstate facing the direction you are that drove through a median that's supposed to be able to stop big trucks. It uh, doesn't quite... Math ain't mapping. Um, no, not nope, not there. But I am. I'm having a glass of whiskey tonight. Unlike the last couple of weeks, um, or at least it feels like it's been a couple of weeks. I'm drinking a single barrel uh, Russell's Reserve, which is put out by the Wild Turkey Distillery. If you've listened to us for a while, you know I love some Wild Turkey. It mm-hmm. is nine years old. And uh, 110 proof, but I, I had been working on some what I think 93 or 94 proof uh rum like the last like week and a half, and I, I'm, I'm not not as good as I once was. <laughs> it just hits it, it's different, both both going in and coming out. Yeah, I, I love, love everything Wild Turkey puts out. But this Russell's Reserve Single Barrel is uh, is one of my favorite bottles of whiskey, mm-hmm. period. And, um, you know, speaking of whiskey, I'm going to go ahead and toot my own horn real quick. Toot toot. Uh, I'm in a fantasy baseball league where everybody puts up a bottle of whiskey at the beginning of the year. Um, this is my third year doing it. And... Um, the first two years, it came in dead last. Ooh. Not It's not a joke. It was awful. Um, this year, today, started my fight to win the whole damn thing. I made it to the finals. Okay. Um, if I get first, I am getting six bottles of whiskey. If I get second, Ooh. which is worst case scenario, I'm getting three. Hell yeah. So, so uh, finally got some new stuff to talk about on the show here soon. I'm uh, I'm pretty excited about that. Um, when you know when's what? the uh, when's that round over? Uh, Sunday. Okay. There you Sunday. go. Yeah. Um, while we're talking about stuff that I think everybody's excited about, Georgia is getting another home night game this yeah. time against Kentucky. Um, conference night game. Can you believe it? It's been a while. It, it's been a it long Mississippi while. Mississippi State, right? Um. Oh. No, they had to have had one in 21, right? Uh. Yes, South Carolina in 21 was a night oh, game. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, okay. Um, I do remember that. Yeah, Jordan. But, yeah, that was – yeah, okay. Now, now that you mention it. Yeah. No, I'm I'm super excited. And if any of you guys listening are going to the game, please 
uh, reach out. We'll meet up. I know I'm going to be uh, drunk and obnoxious by the time 7 p.m. kickoff rolls around <laughs> doing what I do best. Um, I am planning on bringing earplugs for the people that sit next to me because last year they complained during a game. So were they uh, were they Georgia fans or were they? Yeah. Yeah. What the fuck? Uh-huh. Um, it was Georgia Auburn last year. They complained to themselves. Um, not very, not very subtly. I'm if you're gonna be loud enough for me to hear, say it to me, don't be a little bitch. Yeah. Can you believe this guy decked out in all this Georgia stuff at this, you know, random game is just screaming? Oh, it was the Auburn game. Yeah, no, 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 that's what I'm saying though. I mean, it's the Auburn games, the deep south service rivalry. Like, duh. Like you gotta know what you're getting into, especially oh, so, especially where you guys are tickets at? beside me. Right. Like he is a season ticket holder that was mad that we were loud. <laughs> was he old or no? He's probably in his forties. Team puppets crowd getting younger and younger. Yeah, no, it's one of those things where I hope he finds the show one day where I'm I'm complaining about him because, um, like I've seen him outside of the game a few times like walking into the stadium, going through the bookstore, stuff like that. He refuses to look me in the eye. I think it's just kind of funny. That's – he needs to just sell his tickets off. That's ridiculous. That's he's – he's giving the fan base a bad name by not being loud or being pissed off about, about it being loud. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's kind of – but everybody else around us, I mean, we have a great relationship. This is our third season being in those seats. I mean, mm-hmm. we have a great relationship with everybody else around us. I like everybody gets high fives except for their those four seats every week. <laughs> accidentally pour some. Oh no, I guess there's not beer in there, but pour whatever uh, stuff you snuck in on them accidentally. Oh shit, my bad. Oh man, I hope it's cold enough at the Kentucky game for me to sneak something in. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh, you know what? Now that you mentioned like where you guys are at, so like you've you've mentioned it before, like in the, you know the. You know, above the uh, end zone, opposite of the uh, the uh, scoreboard. Every time I've looked at tickets, just to kind of get an idea. I'm like, that is the ideal spot. Like the all, uh, you know, oh, all twenty two. See everything. Yeah, see the scoreboard. I thought like when we went to the spring game back in April, we had sat on like you know the visitor side, like in the corner, and it's like you could kind of see the scoreboard, but not really. I'm like, that's not yeah. that's not the way to go if you're actually paying money to go to it. Yeah. No, it, we've talked about it before, and if we ever move seats, we're just going to move in the 300s towards the home sideline because it actually gets shade. Um, that's a good point, yeah. that That's the only way we would move, especially mm-hmm. because I like to see the whole field and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, You know, while we're talking about being drunk and obnoxious, I am, we are putting up the post – to get yourself a handle of ASW's hunker down vodka here in uh I'll I'll throw the throw the picture back up there. If you're watching on millions of YouTube, you'll see it. We're putting that post out either tonight or tomorrow morning. Really just depends on when I've got time to throw it up. All you have to do, comment, tag a friend, follow our Instagram, follow our Twitter X, whatever you call it. So I got. I'm still do. uncomfortable with calling it X. I very uncomfortable. Have, Elon, pick pick a better name. Because with the the connotation of X is porn. Let's be honest. And all the videos on X are X videos. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, oh man, did you see that video I put on X? No, I don't want to know what you did. <laughs> I don't. I don't. Yeah. So, so yeah. Um, if you see it, cool. If not, we will be posting these pictures. You get a handle of Hunker Vodka, the official NIL vodka of the University of Georgia and the Classic City Collective. Super cool. They're giving us the opportunity to uh, to give this away with you guys. Um, I think everybody will enjoy it. I don't. I don't like vodka, but I'm gonna get some here soon. Yeah, so, man, the bottle. The bottle's dope. At the oh, very it's least. so cool. So cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. You ready to talk about Georgia game? Yeah, let's go. All right. So as we as we all know by now, Georgia won this game forty nine to twenty one. The most points Georgia has given up in a regular season game since. Hmm. In a regular season game. Yeah. Uh. Geez. Definitely. Uh, um. Uh. Missouri, right? I was about to look that up. Because I don't remember. Um, yeah, yes. Missouri scored like 22. Yeah, there we go. 22. First mm-hmm. time Georgia's given up more than 20 points in a regular season game since last season at Missouri. But what happened after that Missouri game last year? The team was able to turn it around, figure some stuff out after a couple of sloppy games before that. I do think that everyone's thoughts about this game really center around the ball control issue. Uh, Georgia had three turnovers. Both Makai Muse and Dylan Bell lost a fumble, and Brock Bowers, of all people, uh, had a fumble get knocked out of bounds. So mm-hmm. glad that didn't end up in a turnover, but still not not kind of what not anywhere close to uh, to what we wanted to see. Yeah, and that was all, like, really close to each other, too. Like, I mean, it happened yes. kind of one after another. So, I mean, you know, like, yawning is contagious. Uh, turnovers are contagious. Yeah, got to gotta clean that up going forward. You can't can't be doing that next week at a Jordan – I'm sorry, Jordan Hare. My bad. Yeah, we're disrespectful around here. Jordan. Um, But I will say, outside of those three turnovers, the offense looked like what we've wanted to see all season. Um, when Carson Beck was in there, especially on that first drive, they had a touchdown drive without attempting to run the ball with how bad UAB's defensive line is. Mm-hmm. Um, I will uh, pat myself on the back and say this kind of ended up exactly like I had said and hoped it would about they're going to be able to run the ball at will, but that secondary is extremely untested and uh, – and should be right for the picking there. Mm-hmm. But Carson finished the day. Granted, his last snap was with over five minutes left in the third quarter. Yeah, so 17 minutes left of game time. He's out. 17 minutes left. He had 68.75% completion percentage, 332 oh, yards. So close. Yes. Sorry. Yes. Round it um, up. Yeah, we're going to call that nine. It doesn't deserve yeah. this. Yeah. <laughs> 332 yards, three touchdowns, passing, and then added a touchdown on the ground where um where Oscar Delp just kind of picked him up and threw him over the pile. I thought that was hilarious. A delp dump, if you will. Do what? A delp dump, if you will. You know, like the, the bush push with a Matt Liner. Yeah, delp dump. At- 
but Brock Bowers went over 100 receiving yards. Marcus Rosemey Jack Saint was just under 100 yards. Uh, he had three catches for 94 yards, including a big 50-yard play. Uh, Georgia had more explosive passing plays in this game than I'm pretty sure the rest of the season combined, um, mm-hmm. which was phenomenal to see. Mm-hmm. Team had 188 – oh, good Lord, not two eights, not five. Team had 188 yards on the ground. Dejan Edwards, 12 carries, 66, and two touchdowns. Savon Clark, five for 32 and a touchdown. Dylan Bell had three for 22. Um, Cash Jones. Who? Cash Jones. Who? Had three carries for three yards, two catches for 16 yards. He is still leading the running back room in receiving yards. Um, I don't remember exactly who it was, but someone during our bold prediction has said that was the case, and uh, they are 100% correct so far. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say, as far as rushing yards go, if Cash Jones would just break down and come on the podcast with us, um, as the biggest cash owns podcast in the country. I, I think he would have more rushing yards. Um, mm-hmm. It would just be that boost of confidence that he needs. Uh, his confidence is probably already high as a walk on getting as much yards and playing yeah. time as it is. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, we would just kiss his ass for as long as he would listen to it, and that would help. I mean, he could be the first recipient of that nothing finer bump. So, I mean, he's more than welcome to come on and see how how great – greatly it impacts him or affects him going forward so yeah i mean Can't again, hurt. again georgia's i'm not gonna nope never mind i'm not gonna say it i, I don't want to jinx this never mind nope i'm glad you didn't because the last time we uh we said something bold on the show um it was about it was about old miss and the game they played on saturday so yeah yeah oh yeah yeah so Defense. A lot of people are upset with the defense for having 21 points scored on them. And so here is my thoughts on that. It's all about the style of offense that UAB plays. Mm -hmm. That is an air raid team. Zeno, I don't know his first name, but Zeno attempted 51 passes. The last time somebody attempted that many passes on the University of Georgia – I believe was either Bryce Young in the 2021 championship game or um, Will Rogers in the 2020 Mississippi State game in Athens. Um, mm. So it doesn't happen often. No. Um, air raid offense. And the thing about an air raid offense is no matter what you do, there's always a three or four yard play available. Mm-hmm. I just kind of is what unless your pass rush is automatically beating the quarterback's ass, they're going to get three or four yards on almost every single play. It's just kind of the nature of it. That's why so many of these smaller teams use it instead of the triple option that they used to use, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, good for them. UAB is going to win a lot of games this year by doing that air raid style of offense. But compared to what Zeno had done all season, you know, three games, the defense held him well in check. Uh, 62.74% completion percentage, 250 yards, two touchdowns, and a pick. Before this game, he was averaging 80.1% completion and 318 yards. 
Not so, bad. All things considered. All things considered, could be better, could be worse. Mm-hmm. I do I do think it would have been fairly noticeably different if Javon Bullard was healthy. Yes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I'm with yeah. I can't I, yeah, I can't see it being worse, that's for sure. I it, I think it would have been noticeably better. I, you know. Yeah, you could have put Tyke somewhere else instead of I mean, he's been great. He's, I mean, Tyke's been playing, you know, out of his mind so far for the most part. But you know, having another guy out there to, you know, fill that that void, that leadership void, would be uh, definitely helpful. Yeah, no, I agree, hundred percent. And uh, once again, they played uh, David Daniel Sisva quite a bit. Who I talked about it last week. I would prefer to see Dan Jackson in those scenarios when, mm-hmm. um, when Javon Bullard is not available. But they played so much, uh, so much dime defense with the air raid passing game that Dan Jackson was on the field as that third safety. So I think that also probably helped a little bit. But mm-hmm. that's just that you're going to give up yards against air raid offenses. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's just like Georgia used to used to lose to a less talented Tech team with a triple option because. They're going to get yards. The offense is designed for little to no negative plays, um, and that's just kind of how how it works. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you're not exactly preparing for that offense every single week either. I mean, it's I mean the air raid's a little bit more prevalent than the triple option for sure, especially now. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> Am I happy with with the overall performance? No, I think it could have been a hundred percent better. Um, mm-hmm. But I, am I as pissed in the sky is falling as some of these fans that I've heard on social media? And am I as even as upset as I was through the first three games? No. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. Especially all these fans that think Auburn is going to just beat the shit out of Georgia. I've seen that many times yeah, over the last few days. Don't get it. I, mm-hmm. I, I screamed from the fucking mountaintop all offseason once they got Peyton Thorne at Auburn. I'm like, he. there's a reason why he's still not at Michigan State. He's not that good. He's not that guy. He's not him. Yeah. I don't I, – I never saw it, still don't see it. I don't get it. Yeah. I – yeah, I will. Yeah, we'll we'll get into all the Auburn mm-hmm. stuff uh, later in the week, but yeah, he's not that guy. Yeah. Um. One last thing that I want to add before you get to uh, your notes here: the offense on Saturday with Carson Beck in the game looked a lot more like what we saw last year mm-hmm. than any of the other three games this season. And even with Brock Vandegriff, who I thought played extremely well in his two drives, first, I think you have a clear number two quarterback now, which is good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the the offense played well and essentially did whatever they wanted to do for most of this game until they decided to stop trying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so if the offense continues like this, I am a lot more uh, – the silver lining is a lot easier to see when the offense plays like they did in the first half and the third quarter. 
Yeah, I was a lot happier, um, yeah, with this game than had been the the previous games. And that's kind of what I'm going to kind of skip around a little bit here. Um, just the the people that are like really upset, like I try to like, you know, look at things like objectively and see like, you know, where people are coming from with everything. But like sometimes like I don't know what to make of, of certain things. So like obviously the offense ended up having like what, like 550 yards of total offense and all that. And like they, I mean, that's the best, you know, uh, uh, output and just the best they've looked all season thus far. But are we, the fans that are like thinking the sky is falling and still, you know, bitching and moaning about Bobo, is it more so that they're judging it against that Munkin offense? And even, you know, and that always had its hiccups as well, like in like Missouri and Kent state and all that. But are they judging it against like the literal, perfect game that Georgia played against TCU in the national championship. Like that's our lasting impression of that monk and offense and that team. Is it, are, are we, or not, I shouldn't say we necessarily, but are, are some Georgia fans just unfairly judging this team versus, you know, last year's team, at least offensively? No, I, I think they are a hundred percent. Just a quick interjection here. Jalen Carter just forced a fumble on uh on the Bucks. So side note. But yeah. No, I think it's extremely unfair to compare this team and this offense to last year's offense. And I offense specifically because there's a lot more returning on defense than offense. Mm -hmm. Because Georgia lost both tackles, right? Mm -hmm. You're putting in Amarius Mims who played a good bit down the stretch last year. And a guy that took zero snaps in meaningful time last year. Yeah. You're taking away a quarterback that won back-to-back national championships. for a guy experience, that I mean, never, just experience outside of that. I mean, he's been on the team since 2017. Yeah. For a yeah. guy that never started until the first weekend of September this year. Mm -hmm. you're yeah, taking, like, so, yeah. No, go ahead. Go ahead. No, it's like he hasn't he hasn't started a college or a game since high school since what 2019 or whatever it was uh, yeah. Carson's senior year. So I mean, there's gonna be some hiccups. Like the people that that came out expecting him to be, you know, Stetson Bennett with a bigger arm, that was unfair. I mean, just point blank, it wasn't fair. You're losing Kenny McIntosh. Mm -hmm. Do it all back from last season. Mm-hmm. You lost Branton Robinson to an injury. Kendall Milton was limited. Dejan Edwards was completely out for the first two weeks of the season. Mm -hmm. You lost oh, Darnell uh, Washington. Yeah. Kiaris Jackson. Mm -hmm. A.D. Mitchell. I mean, the returning production on the offensive side of the ball was just not there. Mm-hmm. And it, 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 it was deceptive too. I mean, because like you think about all like the weapons that they they had coming back. Lad hasn't played either. I mean, he may yeah. play against Auburn, but he, I mean, still a back issue and all that. Um, so I mean, they've had they've had a lot of key pieces missing, and, and just you know hoping for someone to step up. In which you know some cases they have, some cases still waiting on a little bit there. But Kirby did say today wrong. that Lad will start practicing tomorrow. Okay. Good, good. Um, he's practicing in a non-contact, and if the week goes well, he will play on Saturday. We all know what Lad does to the Auburn Tigers. Yes, yes. I saw. I think I saw from. I can't remember what source it was, and it may just be you know BS. But someone said that when he was doing non-contact, non-contact like practice stuff, he 
his uh, GPS said it was like at 24 miles an hour, which I mean, it's obviously fast as hell. Hopefully that's true. Or at the very least, even if it's a little bit off, I'm hoping that he's playing fast. I hope he, you know, he's ready to hit the ground running um, on Tuesday. Yeah. And, and so as someone who has uh, a significant back injury, I've heard lads isn't significant, but I will say when you tweak it, you lose all confidence in your ability to do pretty much anything. Mm-hmm. So if he was held out until he's 100% better, I'm all on board for that. Jordan yeah. won every game so far. Some mm-hmm. of them were closer than you'd like them to, to have been. But the important thing is when they get into the teams that, you know, have – in effect on the outcome of the season to have him back as close to hundred percent as possible. Because a lot of people I feel forget that he was hurt for half the season last year, not practicing and only playing on Saturdays. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he was limited in the, I mean, he got hurt in the SEC championship as well. And then, yeah. um, I mean, he was kind of limited in the peach bowl and then, you know, obviously, you know, showed out in the national championship, but yeah, he hasn't been right in a, in a while. Yeah. So I think it's awesome that they were able to pretty much sit him the first four weeks with no even question that he needed to play because there wasn't one. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm really hoping that if he comes back this week, he's healthy. And if he's not healthy or as close to 100 percent as he can be, sit him until sit him until Kentucky. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I I'm 100 percent on the board on board the train of we need lad healthy more than we need him now yeah uh 100 same thing with Ken, uh, kendall milton as well yes mm-hmm. yes uh kendall was completely out of practice today as well um so you know shout out kirby or ron corson if you heard the show where we said put kendall milton in a uh physical rehab program until kentucky at the earliest um, have him sleep in the cryogenic chamber until it's ready to go. Yeah. I mean, shit, I'd like to do that. Hook me yeah. up, Ron. Right? <laughs> <sighs> um, did we get to your to your notes down here? I, I know. All right. So the um the only other thing was I I don't know how closely you were paying attention to it because I know I I, I t- typed this out and then I saw it even, you know, afterward. But how bad was the commentary team on this game? It was a, a, what, Ron Gilmore or Rod Gilmore and somebody else that I hadn't heard of. Um, if oh, I'm my God. <laughs> being 100% honest with you, um, I think I would have rather had CBS. Yeah, for all the all the crap that we talk about, Gary and Brad. We found I mean, somebody made, worse. Yeah. It, I, I can't believe – the number one team in the country gets, I mean, that bottom of the barrel. I didn't realize Rod Gilmore was doing, uh, doing colors. I, I don't, I guess I really don't know what he was doing, but it was bad. There was a catch or there, not a catch, but there was a play. Um, I can't even remember who it was at this point. I should have written it down, but um, I think it was UAB. Uh, you know, they had throw a pass to the end zone and, and one of the commentators had said, oh, you know, it's a catch. And it was like, clearly it was like five or six yards over his head and he didn't even get a hand on it. Yeah. It's like, okay, we're going to look back at this and see if he caught it. And then it's like, no, no, that, that yeah. wasn't even close. Yeah. Like, uh, first and foremost, do you need glasses? Because at this right. point, I'm concerned about your health. You shouldn't mm-hmm. be driving. Yeah. Um, 
But second, yeah, yeah, no, it was awful. Um, I will say we were watching this game at my wife's uh, very Pentecostal grandparents' house who um, used to not allow sports on their TV. Um, so so they made an exception for us, but I had to put on a, a different personality. Oh, no. To watch, to watch this game, and we watched it at a very low level. Um, yeah, I even... To just prevent an, a whole ordeal, I like I flip my nose ring up because it's yeah no I I couldn't even imagine like you probably had like veins popping out of your head for for certain stuff. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Oh my god. There was there was one point where I almost yelled a cuss word. I almost yelled "damn," and I said oh. "dang." <laughs> It was um, it was tough, but I love Kelsey's grandparents to death. I'm mm-hmm. you know glad we got to spend some time with them. I I would absolutely go up there on another game weekend as long as it wasn't an SEC game. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, but but yeah, the the, the commentating or the the crew just all, all around was. I mean, it made me wish that Beth Mullins was doing a game. Oh, it was bad. It was bad. You know, that's someone else who I'm concerned about her health. Mm-hmm. Like, it was it an injury that made her voice that raspy? Does she smoke a lot? Either way, I am concerned about her health. Yeah, that I know ESPN did a bunch of budget cuts and things like that, but you know, I think for what it's worth, that they're you know they hired Pat McCa- uh, McAfee McAfee. McAfee, sorry, Jesus. I see. I can't talk either. You know what? I would be fine. I would be fine with it. So I mean, they should have listened to our our live stream. They could put up with a little bit of cursing and stuff like that. I think we were very entertaining for that Utah Florida game, a game that was otherwise pretty boring. Yes. No. I I had a good time, and especially being able to get Bobby on and talk with us. Mm-hmm. You ready to move on to uh, to players of the game? Yeah, let's go. All right. Starting off with offense, who you got? All right, so I don't really think there's another choice um, besides our boy Brock Bowers. Um, after combining for 57 yards against Ball State in South Carolina, he exploded on uh, Saturday for nine catches for 121, uh, 121 yards and two touchdowns. He also had in that group, he had a catch for 41 yards. And in the game, he did surpass 2,000 career receiving yards. So shout out Brock, still doing big things. Still that 1,000 yards is still within reach for for this season. Absolutely. I, God, I want him to get it so bad. Mm-hmm. So bad. Hey, if they, if they keep force feeding him like they did um, on Saturday, they can make it work. Just I think what happened. Full screens for him. I really think what happened is, uh, is Bobo was just like, Hey, let me dust off Todd's playbook here. Um, yeah. Oh, it's 19. Who, who, well, first off, who's this? I this one play just says give to 19. Mm. Um, <laughs> okay, let's try that. Oh, before we go on to the rest of that, well, I did remember one other thing that the uh the commentary team said they had they were talking something about Napa like for a good like 90 seconds about how players don't come out of there and they're all soft and stuff like that. It's like, well, yeah, it's not a high school hotbed necessarily, but. They just kept talking about just Napa, like because they had nothing else to talk about, not n- nothing worthwhile. Just 
just Napa. The wildest thing to me is calling people from Napa soft when when Brock Bowers played most of the 2021 season with a torn labrum. Yeah. He is the opposite of soft. Yeah. Like, <laughs> trust me. Once again, I know I have a lot of injuries, but I'm about to have surgery on my torn labrum. And the last four years have been an SOB trying to do anything. I couldn't imagine playing football with. Yeah, getting hit, like getting in a car accident every time he touched the ball. Well, imagine getting tackled and that shoulder lands on the ground. Mm-hmm. I, it makes my shoulder hurt thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, in, insane. Yeah, there, yeah, you can say a lot of stuff about Brock, but not being tough is one of them. Or no. not being soft, I should say, is not one of them. Yeah. All right, defensive player of the game. And I think you got to go smile, Mon- smile, Mondin. I, you know, side note here. UGA put on player bios like mm-hmm. name pronunciation on some of them. Smile, Mondin's not one of those. That that's an interesting one because there's plenty of guys that have easier names to say than that. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I. I just want to know how to pronounce it so I can do it correctly. I, I do believe it's smile. Mm-hmm. Um, but he had four tackles and a pass breakup, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also, I, I think if you're doing a 1A, 1B, Xavier Sori, um, what is definitely a good option there. You know, I feel like uh, even Xavier Sori could be a 1B on newcomer of the game because he didn't really play a whole lot um, last year. Really, mm-hmm. really like the way that both of those guys have present progressed. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, guys, cannot cannot talk right now. Um, but yeah, all four of all four of Smile Mondin's uh, tackles were solo, which is extremely impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, great game yeah, by both he- of those guys. Yeah, not not piggybacking off of uh, anybody just doing all that work himself. Um, but uh, the uh, Booms newcomer of the game, uh, Jonel Aguero, uh, four solo tackles himself. He also had a tackle for loss. I thought the defensive line played a lot better, at least getting past rush and just like putting pressure on the quarterback. This is their best game, I think, so far of the season. Um, and Aguero was uh, was definitely one that stood out um, in uh, in this game. No, I I agree hundred percent. I I thought that he made a huge leap between the last time he played against Ball State and, and this game. Mm-hmm. Um, because I will say in the first two games, I wasn't really happy with uh, with his pass coverage. But yeah. on Saturday, he played his ass off. And I thought, you know, just that progression in two weeks says a lot about what he's going to be able to do. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see how he progresses the, uh, the rest of his career here. For sure. Hungriest dog. If you guys have an, have a recommendation for this, please please let us know if you have something other than hungriest dog for us to give the award to. Um, but Marvin Jones Jr. fought through an illness to play in this game. He was causing havoc, pressure in the quarterback. I thought he did extremely well in this game. Tackle mm-hmm. for loss. When you see number seven on the defense flying around, that's Marvin Jones Jr., and he's done a hell of a job this year. 
in yeah. his first real significant playing time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hopefully. Uh, yeah, there's some, apparently some uh, stomach bug or something like that going around the locker room. So I was glad he was able to play because I think Michael Williams, um, I know he didn't play. And I think that was part uh probably the cause of it. I can't remember if they said officially if it was just because he was sick or there was something else. But um, it seems like this always like this type of thing always comes around like for the Auburn game. Or maybe I'm just like making that up. I don't know. But no, a couple of years ago, it was it might have been on the Auburn side that there was a sickness going around. OK, but within the last year or two, right around the Auburn game, one of the two teams has been sick. I can't remember which. Mm-hmm. Uh, about it. You know what? Because this game should not be played in September. Yeah. It happens as soon as they change the uh, schedule around. It's just it. Gus Malzahn causes physical illness with his complaining. To be mm-hmm. fair, to be fair, Kirby and the athletic director before Josh Brooks, can't remember his name right now. Do you remember? Uh, um, No, not off the top of my head. Whoever that guy is, and Kirby are also partially responsible. But, yeah, I agree to it. <laughs> but, Gus, it's your fault. Mm-hmm. It's your fault, Gus. <sighs> All right, let's uh let's move over to oh it was one of the games. it was Greg Greg McGarity that's who it was Greg McGarity yes how could you forget yeah he was there ten years um because he made himself very easy to forget anyways yeah that's true Florida State two and a half point favorites going to the fake Death Valley Clemson over under fifty five and a half. This is the game that I said I was most excited for this past weekend, and with good reason. Florida State ended up winning 31-24 in overtime. Uh, A couple of fun facts here. Clemson has lost four of their last seven games. In those games, they had more total yards, more rushing yards, and more time of possession than their opponent they lost to. Mm -hmm. Um, I... I mean, my next note here is when they lose games, it is 100% because they play over ball. Everybody gets it, including the other team. Yeah, it's all about ball security. They they have been struggling with that quite a bit, and it's not just DJU from well, the, the last couple of years. It's been, it's, it's been a team issue for them for whatever reason. I, you know, I will say it's just the whole entire state of South Carolina because they lost yeah. to F35 too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, what was that in the last uh, two weeks the U.S. has lost, like, what – $190 million for the Jets between that F-35 and uh, Aaron Rodgers? Um, you know, I don't know how much an individual F-35 costs, but I know the program to build them, which is still not done. They're not done fixing the problems. Mm-hmm. But the program <laughs> to create the F-35 has cost over $2 trillion. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, so many things we could say. Yep. Um, Glancing right over the political statements we can make here. Mm -hmm. The more and more I watch both Florida State and LSU, the more I think that week one game was what I'll call a construction game. It's because one team was working at the ceiling and one team was working at the floor. Mm -hmm. Because the Florida State team that we saw against Boston College and for – 90% of this game against an unranked Clemson Mm -hmm. were atrocious. Yeah. That's putting it lightly. 
yeah, I, I don't even know how to put it. Like they, they could have eased, they could have easily been what one in uh or two and two at this point. Yeah. If like two plays go differently, they're two and two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really. Because Boston College got blown out um in in like most of and the other a uh, couple other games as well. So it's not like they, Boston College. They Cal- had a hard fought game when they lost to Holy Cross. Yeah, never forget never forget. <laughs> it's pesky no, I FCS just, teams. I, I mean, honestly, at this point, the Heisman race needs to be just like a group of Pac-12 quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. And Jordan Travis, because the team is not near as good as he makes them look. Yeah, he covers up a lot of ills on this team. I mean, we we I think we talked about it before with Florida State, you know, relying on the transfer portal as much as they as much as they have. But Jordan Travis has been the guy that's kind of brought all that together. And if he goes down for whatever reason, then they are they're in a lot of trouble. You know, while we're talking about transfer players at the at Florida State, um Shout out Marcus Satterfield for making Jaheim Bell look like an NFL tight end. Yeah, really. Uh, because mm-hmm. he's been non-existent uh, pretty much this season. I highly, highly disappointed in uh, in drafting him in our fantasy league. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Shout out Satterfield. Uh Florida State's defense 100% won this game for them. Jordan Travis and the offense struggled to do a whole lot except for short and intermediate passing. I want to say they had less than 80 yards rushing through four quarters in overtime. Mm -hmm. Um, Their leading rusher was Jordan Travis. (laughs) Not, Not ideal. No, 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 no. You don't want your only option at quarterback to also be your leading rusher. Um, turnovers once again, man. Davo mm-hmm. coached well until really the last two minutes. The Clemson kicker missed a chip shot to take the lead in regulation, and then they, Florida State. Go ahead. I say they they the the broadcast jinxed him so bad. They went they they, they hand over to his family and they go oh, they're there and he hasn't. I mean, the senior hasn't kicked very much and it's a chip shot and just knuckleballs it. Well, and, you know, it, they, the broadcast did terrible because after he missed it, they immediately went to his mom on camera. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> like what, what, are you, what are you expecting her to do? Like, her cuss out her son? Like, she, oh, my God. Like, that's brutal. That's heartbreaking. Yeah. Your son waited five years to get his chance playing mm-hmm. potentially a game-winning field goal against a top three team at the time. Oh, I they when I pulled up the box score, they had they had showed it. Oh, I mean that I can't imagine. Oh, geez, no, that's brutal. Mm-hmm. I did, did them did them wrong. That whole family. Yeah, no, I and uh, you know the next game we're going to talk about has a lot of coaching errors in it too. But mm-hmm. hey, Keon Keon Coleman though. Talk about Shout transfer. out me on drafting him in the last yeah. round of our fantasy draft. Yeah, <laughs> the one, the one you got right, you knocked out of the park. Oh my good! I mean, again, I, um, Peyton Thorne again. Go, going back to him with Auburn, like they, uh, uh, Keon Coleman and Peyton Thorne play together at Michigan State, and Keon Coleman is the only reason why uh, Peyton Thorne is even looked at or even got thought of to be a. I don't even an option as a transfer at, quarterback. At D1 quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. That that is it. 
No, that catch I mean, was ridiculous. I, just the whole, the whole mentality, whether it's coaches, players, whatever, but Clemson getting the ball back, getting a big play, mm-hmm. and then not spiking the ball. They the, the mismanagement of that. Now I will say before that, um, there was a there was an injury before. I th- I, well, I think it was on that fourth down play, um, where uh, the Clemson safety had went down and they had to you know do an injury timeout for him, so they lost their final yeah. timeout, or else it would have been, you know, more agree. Um, it would have gave them you know an option at least to call a timeout, but they could have easily spiked that ball and ran something quick and got back into field goal range, but they yeah. totally mismanaged that. Yeah, and and that's on the coach. Yeah, like that mm-hmm. is on Garrett Riley and Dabo Sweeney to let to not tell Cade Klubnick, hey, with the new rules in college football, if you get a big play, we don't have timeouts. If you mm-hmm. get a big play, as soon as you have the opportunity, spike the ball, we'll figure it out then. Well, and then the funny thing, like when they when they had realized because they burned some time, and they were acting like they're going to go back to the sideline. Then they came back. They go, "Oh shit, we can uh, we can spike it." They you know they had ran out of time. But at that point, the last what the last two minutes, the clock does stop until they until they get it set um, in each half. So yeah, it did like stop for a little bit, lost, but even then, you could have only lost like three seconds. Yeah, yeah, but that they they could have ran at least one more play and got a little bit closer, but again, mismanaged that. I, I don't know, but I don't know. I mean, Clemson's two and two at this point. I feel they're zero and two in the ACC, so their chances of making the, the conference championship are probably done. Yeah. So, I it interests yeah. it interests me even more for that Clemson Miami game. I think it's this week, if not next week. I'm gonna check real quick while we're finishing that up. Um, one thing that I thought was really interesting about how this game turned out is Florida State did not lead a second of regulation. They yeah. led for mm-hmm. what six plays in overtime. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was exactly that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's that um that reminds me of a couple years ago when the Packers beat the Lions twice in a season without leading second of uh, I, regulation. You know what? In the back the back of my head, I was I was thinking about it. Did you talk about that Hail Mary game? Yeah, and then the and then the walk-off field goal um a few at the end of that season. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Lead um, zero seconds of regulation, still come away with a big win. The Lions, I mean, they've always found different ways to lose, but Again, side note: Detroit does play Green Bay on Thursday night. If you have a Prime Video, so I I do have Prime Video, but I gave up being a Packers fan when they drafted zero players that would help them this season. Yeah. Um. So Florida State actually has a bye this week, and then next week they play against uh, Virginia Tech. So they got. I was more. Time. I was more saying Clemson, Miami. Oh my bad. Um. I don't. Oh, you know. Um. Florida State in no way, shape, or form deserve to actually drop in the polls this week. Mm-hmm. I don't think they deserve to drop anything considering they went into what is said to be one of the most hostile environments in college football, came mm-hmm. away with a win where they won by more than they were favored by. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't – once again, the math ain't mathing because they should absolutely not have dropped a single spot, let mm-hmm. alone below – 
a team that only won because Marcus Freeman didn't know you're supposed to put 11 players on the field. Or didn't want to take the, it's like, oh, I don't want to take a half yard penalty on the final, final play of the game to get an extra, to get the adequate amount of guys out there, but good Lord. Um, yeah. So I did, I did see it though. Clemson actually goes to Syracuse on Saturday. So. Okay. And then next week they play Miami because I know it's soon. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think – pull it up real quick. Um, they play Miami on October 21st, so they got two more games. Oh. Yeah, at Syracuse and then at home against Wake. Um, hey, but Florida State, Louisville – Florida State, Louisville, and Duke at the top of the conference right now. Uh, speaking of, of Wake Forest – Got their ass beat by Georgia Tech. Good for you, Georgia Tech. <laughs> they hit they the, have a pulse. Didn't hit the over, but they sure did win. <laughs> just like Tech. Just well well enough to win, not well enough to make anybody any actual money. That's um, I know this is Georgia podcast. We're all very interested in this. DeAndre Swift just hurdled a guy and kept running. Ooh, flashbacks to that Notre Dame game. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he got like another 10 yards after he hurdled this dude. So, <laughs> so shout now, out to DeAndre. He... You just had to get out of Detroit and uh, start drinking some clean water to stay healthy. I don't know if Philly's that much cleaner. Did he get – is he okay afterward? Like after he went down, if he, whether he ran out of bounds, because I don't, I don't have it out up in front of me, but is he okay? Was he able to walk off? Did he leave the game? Oh, yeah, he he didn't leave the game. Oh, good. He's about okay. to score a touchdown. Yeah, they could have used him. But, you know, <laughs> I don't know. We're 2-1. and one. It's okay. All right. Ole Miss went to Tuscaloosa. Alabama seven-point favorite over under 55 and a half. The under um, was was smashed in this one. Yeah. 21.5. <laughs> I'll be honest, I do not have a lot on this game because Lane Kiffin's mismanagement of the clock, of his attitude, of his players, of their play calling is the kind of stuff that gets people fired. Mm -hmm. When he came out of the half and had a bad attitude and said something along the lines of Alabama's the best team in the country at making second half adjustments, we'll see if we can win. Like, you should have been left at the tarmac again, Lane. Mm-hmm. At fourth quarter interview, he was pouting and pretty much said they weren't going to win this game. And that that's that's maddening because, again, it's not like Alabama, like, you know, dominated this game. Yeah, it's not, not like good. they're good. <laughs> this is the worst Alabama team since, what, any – and yeah, okay, I was well under under uh, Saban, yeah, since his first since his first year there, or even a little I, bit before that. Lane Kiffin did a great disservice to his team, his fans, his family, the university. His behavior, like, give me the get your popcorn ready, Lane. Like, yeah, give me the disrespectful to the other team, Lane. Mm-hmm. But when you're disrespecting your players and your coaches by saying. Let's see if we can win. No, absolutely not. Mm -hmm. First off, that's not your personality. But second, you're admitting defeat with 30 minutes of football to play. 
Yeah. It's beyond frustrating. This is the exact same kind of performance that was the nail in the coffin for Mark Richton Athens. Mm-hmm. I debated on whether I was going to say that or not, but just the flustered at a not that good Alabama team, you know, you've been playing better than them all season. You're flustered and you refuse to make any second half adjustments. Mm-hmm. I was at that game in 2015. Trust me. I know. Mm-hmm. Rid- ridiculous. I, I've jumped off the lane train. I got road rash. I got, I'm stuck in some briars, but <laughs> if this is the way you're going to treat the biggest game of the year, that was seven, nine going into the half. I don't care. Mm-hmm. One, one positive going into this is again, I, I was the biggest old Miss uh, believer that I know of going into it. I mean, I was, you know, even you know a few days ago talked about, you know, riding the lane train all the way to, Atlanta for the rematch. I feel way better about Georgia playing Ole Miss today than I did, you know, last week. Way oh, 100%. 100%. better. Way better. I mean, honestly, um, besides besides Florida, just because it's always, you know, it's always a weird game. Missouri and Kentucky might give us the, the biggest fits, to be honest. Who would have thought? Right. Who would have thought? Mm-hmm. After week one. That. The three undefeated teams in the SEC would be Georgia. That was kind of a no-brainer. Yeah. Kentucky, who we thought was going to be better, and after a 4-0 start, while it's not pretty, they've still won every game. Mm-hmm. And Missouri. Mizzou, top 25 Missouri. The problem is Missouri hasn't won a game versus a Power 5 opponent as a ranked team since like 2015. Um, okay. So, so that's a rough look, but they mm-hmm. do play Vandy this week. Mm-hmm. Which I, Vandy gave Vandy gave Kentucky some fits. Um, every every time did. I kind of put eyes but on it, I never thought the sentence that I'm about to say would ever come out of my mouth. Brady Cook has played five times better than Devin Leary has this season, and I am a lot less worried about Mizzou playing Vandy than I was Kentucky playing Vandy. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, who would have thought four weeks ago, five weeks ago? Who would have thought on Friday right. that, that Missouri would be like, oh, yeah, they're definitely beating Vandy. When <laughs> when everybody was like, I don't know, Kentucky's favored by 20. We'll see if they hit. They didn't. I feel awful that I thought Missouri was going to win you know, uh, less than six games. Like I didn't think they were going bowling, and here they are about to clinch bowl eligibility in like two weeks. Yeah. Shout out Missouri. Yeah. Shout out Adam Spencer. I hope we have him on here in a couple weeks. Mm. Yeah, that'd be awesome. <sighs> All right. All right, we're back. Um, let's hope that the cloud doesn't start raining and we can keep this train rolling. All right. Do you have anything else you want to talk about this Ole Miss game? Because I'm I'm kind of uh Lane pissed me off to the point where I don't even know how much I want to mm-hmm. want to talk about this game. Well, I mean, it's definitely SEC West is definitely just a two team race at this point because again, no, nobody can be confident that Ole Miss is going to be doing anything worthwhile. I mean, even even when I was at my peak, you know, past Dells and Bama Bangs, you know, hoping and you know on the uh, Lane train there, I still thought they would lose, you know, two conference games and just have the tiebreakers over like uh, over Alabama and LSU, but that is. 
way out of the question because LSU is going to kick the crap out of them when they play. Um, yeah. If you thought this Bama game, Ole Miss looked helpless at times, mm-hmm. boy, I, you know, I might be actually putting money on LSU to cover whatever the spread is. Mm-hmm. Do we? Do you remember where where that game is at? No, uh, I want to say it's. I want to say it's at LSU. Okay, so yeah, LSU by whatever they put the line at. I'm not 100 percent sure yet. I'm looking it up now. Uh, it is, uh, it's, in, it's in Oxford uh, this week. In is Oxford a- this week, mm-hmm. I'm pulling up the spread to see how confident I am in the Hammer LSU statement. Uh, wow. Um, ESPN, not, not I don't have bet US up, but ESPN has LSU as a three-point favorite. Yep, that's what Hammer. I bet too on bet US. Um, mm-hmm. Hammer. Mm-hmm. Hammer LSU. You can get good odds. It's minus 105. Yeah, that is good. Go, yeah, do it now. Do it. Hammer LSU minus yeah. three. Good lord. <laughs> yeah, old in uh, like what you were saying with uh with uh Lane Kiffin this being like the kind of the final straw, like for any anybody to have confidence in him, like like Mark Rick. Like going back to that 2015 game where uh Georgia got beat down by uh by Bama in Sanford Stadium. I mean, that was pretty much it for everybody. They're like, you know what? If if not now, when? Like, we felt that way going into that game, and then just the way it ended up playing out and the rain and all that. It, I mean, it was it was fitting. Like that was the final nail in uh in uh, Coach Rick's coffin, and you can kind of I I don't know what the Ole Miss you know fan base appetite is. We will when we hopefully we'll talk to Grayson when uh when that you know in November when Georgia plays Ole Miss, but I'm sure the vibes are way different today in Oxford than they were. You know, again, a week ago. The problem is, I don't know what the standard is mm-hmm. for for Lane in Oxford because if they, you know, if they're happy with eight nine win seasons and getting up to ten every few years, mm-hmm. he, he's going to do that. Yeah, he can get the, he can get to ten occasionally for sure, and and especially now that they're not going to, you know, there's not a East and West or you know not divisions after this year. I mean, he he has a chance to consistently be at least an eight or nine win team, if not a 10. So, but are you going to win a championship? Are you going to win an SEC championship? No, not with playing. Well, they've only ever won one. So it's yeah. not like that's yeah. necessarily part of the conversation, I think. Mm-hmm. But you've, I mean, they've been such a tease, like for, I mean, under Hugh Freeze at times, and then they, you know, would choke there. And then don't talk about playing. freezing or don't talk about teasing and Hugh Freeze in the same sentence. <laughs> oh man. He might get out his burner phone. <laughs> oh, yeah. Man. Ah. Uh, are you are you ready to uh to move on to a game that disappointed us in in the coach almost as bad? Yeah. This this was a letdown. I mean, it, yeah, it was a letdown. We'll get into it. All right, Ohio State was favored by three points at Notre Dame, over under 55 and a half. Ohio State won this game 17-14, so they pushed on the spread. I will say, Notre Dame lost this game because not just on the final play, on the final two plays, Notre Dame played with 11 defend or 10 defenders on the field. 
Mm-hmm. And on the very last play, you know the you know the position they were missing. It was a defensive tackle, wasn't it? It, it no, it was a defensive end that was covering the hole they ran through. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Marcus Freeman, former defensive coordinator. What the fuck, dude? <laughs> I, I don't get it. I, I it would have only been if if even if they would have it was like a late substitution. It would have only been a half a yard at most penalty for literally like the last like it was a fourth. Was it a fourth down? It, it would have been the last play anyway because they ended up putting one second back on the clock. But I both neither team team played great by any means. But neither again, team Dame, deserved yeah. to win Notre, this game. Yeah. If a media, a giant meteor could have hit like I wanted, we would have been better served. A hundred percent. No, I, I, you know, to be fair, I did say, I did say, if you like offense and if you like passing, this is not a game for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, You're right. Yeah, I thought Hartman would have been a little bit better. I mean, Ohio State's defense where was able to keep him, you know, contained, but. Gosh, man. It's just, it was awful. How, and before we even get to the rest of that, how did Ohio State jump Florida State after that? Because Notre Dame was a top 10 team. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Man, but that's literally it. That's the the only way. Um, But you can't say that Florida, I don't know. for, I don't know, Florida. Well, I don't know. It's silly. I don't know. I, I mean, I would take Florida State over Ohio State on a neutral field right now, but that's not oh, 100%. 100%. Mm-hmm. Um, you got some stuff wrote down here, and then and then we're going to talk about uh, Ryan Day's quote because I've got a few things on that. So yeah. if you want to go ahead. All right. So, um, like I talked about, both offenses struggle quite a bit. I mean, it really. There, there wasn't much to to look forward to. There, everybody was pretty much neutralized there. Um, I, I can't remember at what point. I think it was, I, I want to say it was the third or fourth quarter. Uh, Marvin Harrison had his ankle rolled up, and I mean, realistically, he was pretty ineffective most of the game anyway. He wasn't. I mean, he wasn't doing a ton. Uh, um, he had State. three catches for thirty-two yards. Yeah, so um, not great. Not you know the best uh, <laughs> the, the best look for him being the best receiver in the game allegedly, but um. Somebody had called him. Did I have that in there? Uh, somebody called him a tough guy, which, uh, you know, I, I don't want to call necessarily call it somebody's toughness or whatever, but uh, Marvin Harrison is no Brock Bowers when it comes to uh, playing through stuff. No. Um, no. Not, not at all. So do you want me to go through the, the quote stuff or do you want to do it? Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead and read that. Cause I, I've, I've got one, I've got one kind of take off of it and then. And then we we can discuss a little bit more. All right. So at the end of the game, hopefully, I'm sure you guys saw this, but at the end of the game, Ohio State coach Ryan Day was pretty fired up when it was over. And this is coming straight from ESPN. I'm just reading it verbatim from uh, um, their recap. Uh, he was criticizing former Irish coach Lou Holtz, who called out the Buckeyes toughest in predicting an Irish uh, fighting Irish victory earlier this week. And Ryan Day, I mean, he was super red, super pissed off, like just screaming at the uh, the um. The sideline reporter, he's like, I, li- I like to know where Lou Holtz is right now. 
Um, what he said about our team, I can't believe this is a tough team right here. We're proud to be from Ohio. It's always been Ohio against the world, and it'll continue to be Ohio against the world. But I'll tell you what, I love those kids. We got a tough team. Um, so first of all, the the Ohio the, the Ohio versus the world. That's because um, no, that's because you force everyone to hate you. Yeah. It's no, but it's not, not even. It's that. That's not even his fucking phrase. Okay, so the the you, everyone everyone has a bit of this, like the uh, you know, like you know, so and so versus everybody, Ohio versus the world, all that. That phrase came from Michigan. There was a company called Detroit versus everybody. They they had these shirts over everything. It's all over the Lions, you know, at Ford Field and all that. But that whole phrase and the whole that whole idea of you know this versus everybody, at least on T-shirts and just being a more popular phrase, came out of Michigan, and they bit that off totally, totally. My thing is, like, there were, with the Peach Bowl last year, Mm -hmm. there were a lot of people that didn't want Georgia to win. 100%. I Mm -hmm. get it. I understand. There were a lot of people on Ohio State's side. Mm -hmm. But everything they have done since New Year's of this past year, Talking about that hit once a week. Their athletic director talking about it last week. Mm-hmm. Talking about that play. Talking about that game. Constantly. Still. 270-ish days later. Still talking about it. The people that were Ohio State neutral mm-hmm. hate you now. Because yeah. you won't shut up. You mm-hmm. have forced people to not like you. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it is Ohio State versus the world because you have forced the people that didn't care to hate you as much as everybody else that hated you before. Yeah. And the fact that he wanted to fight an 86-year-old man, Lou Holtz was at the game, of course. He had, I mean, not that he's always been all there anyway, but of course, what the what the hell else is he going to say? He's like, oh, yeah, I think Ohio State's going to win this game when they're honoring the last national championship team that Notre Dame, that Notre Dame had. Yeah. Give me a, give me a break. Give me a yeah. break. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it's not like you're calling out a player that said that mm. or a current coach that said that or, you know, Pat McAfee, Kirk Herbstreit that said Ohio State's not anything. Mm-hmm. Notre Dame's going to roll. You're yeah. calling out a dude that retired from TV because he is so elderly that he can't handle the travel anymore. Right. But that's the only person that Ryan Day is tough enough to call out. <laughs> right. Like you want to talk about tough. Your team might be tough, mm-hmm. but your Charmin baby shit off Ryan Day. Mm-hmm. You can tell he's he's feeling that hot seat. I mean he he knows that if it's he doesn't get his shit he together, he continues to shit his pants every year. Mm-hmm. He's, yeah, I mean this is the same thing that um oh, oh now I can't remember his name. The uh, coach that Ohio State had before um before Jim Trestle. Uh, Jesus, what was his name? Oh, I definitely uh, don't know that. Oh God. I mean, he uh, oh my God. I, I have to look it up now. I can't believe I'm I'm forgetting it. But the coach, um, the coach before Jim Trussell routinely was like a top five team. And he just he I think he was like one and eight against uh against Michigan before they they turn it around. Uh now I can't remember his name for the life of me, but I mean Ryan Day is basically that. I mean, he'll he'll beat other teams, but when it comes time to face, you know, teams that are of equal talent. Or you know maybe even a little bit better. He can't do it. He he's not no. mentally not tough enough. He he he's shown that he cannot do this. No. No. Now if if this gets to Ryan Day and he would like to uh, to talk to me about it, mm-hmm. absolutely, I'll have a conversation with you, hundred mm-hmm. percent. Because I'm not eighty six. <laughs> like I will talk all the trash in the world. To you, 
about you. Mm-hmm. Yo, you know who it was? It was uh, it was John Cooper. He was a one. He was one hundred and eleven and forty three. He had a seventy one percent winning percentage, but he could not beat Michigan or anybody you know worth a damn. Yeah, you know, I I really hope somebody takes the clip of me saying. Ryan Day's baby shit, uh, Charmin baby shit, Saul. Mm-hmm. Hey, make sure it includes the part about the team is tough, but yeah. him as an individual, as a coach, as a man, mm-hmm. like, man. It's like, not it. He, he's not it. Like, dude, I wish the insoles in my shoes were that tall. I don't know if you can buy insoles that tall. <laughs> man. <sighs> But Ryan Day, I'm pretty sure at this point, like his wife rolls his eyes when he says things. And yeah. not just like and not just in like in a oh, we're married, I mm-hmm. you know sarcastic way, but yeah. like he comes in and like tries to say something to the kids and she's like, dude, you have no clue what you're talking about. Go away. <laughs> He's yeah, the most right. insufferable individual in college football. Mm-hmm. It is impossible to argue that. I would I would want to hear who uh who anybody else would say that could even compete with him for that title. I would rather Spencer Rattler from QB1. I would rather deal yeah. with that Spencer Rattler for a year straight every day mm-hmm. than put up with a week of dealing with Ryan Day. Yeah. It He's not even, I don't know. He's not, there's, there's nothing, there's nothing, uh, I don't know. There's, there's nothing there. I don't know. I mean, he, he was handpicked by Urban Meyer to succeed him more or less. So, and we know what, we know what, uh, being picked by Urban Meyer does. Shout out to all of his coaches that are either in jail or on a coaching blacklist because they're awful people. Or if you just, get, if Urban Meyer puts your his uh, finger on you, just in general, it just doesn't doesn't go well for anyone. Uh, yeah. All right. All right. <laughs> anyway, yeah, we got we got to move on. Um, bandwagon teams. Washington moved to four and zero oh as twenty one point favorites, playing Cal at home over under fifty nine and a half. The UW Huskies damn near covered that over by them. Sells mm-hmm. with 59 to a 59 to 32 victory. Michael Penix was 19 to 25, 304 yards, four touchdowns. And how how is how is Washington not in the top five? At, like at if, if someone should have jumped Florida State, mm-hmm. it's Washington. And again, granted, okay, they they they've they played Boise State. I mean, they played at Michigan State, which you know apparently is, I mean, god awful. As you know, I kind of called in my best bets last week on Saturday, but I mean, just they, I feel like they can do this against pretty much anybody. So I, they'll they'll have their uh, they'll have their chance to prove it here coming up pretty soon, but. Yeah, they should they should definitely be top five at a minimum. And again, you can make an argument top three, but. You can make an argument that they should be number one in the country. And that's mm-hmm. an argument that is like, yeah, is a it's one of the few legitimate arguments out there. Yeah, throw out all everything. Like, if you were just straight looking, if college football started this season, it would be tough mm-hmm. to say that that the University of Washington, the 
<laughs> those those dogs from uh, out west are not the best team in college football. Be extremely tough. Um, talking about some damn good dogs, Jordan Davis and Jalen Carter were just in on a safety of the Buccaneers, Ooh. so that's fun. Are are we sure it's a safety? If Jalen, oh Carter yeah, yeah, no, no, oh. the Buccaneers are already already kicked the free kick. Oh, okay, sweet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um. All right, your bandwagon team. Yeah, I'm so over my bandwagon team. <laughs> um, At this point, I don't know if you can. I don't even know if you can lead the bandwagon. I think the wheels may have fallen off. I got dysentery off of this bandwagon. I'm dead. Um. So Texas Tech, Texas Tech. Um, they were a six point favorite at West Virginia. Uh, over under was 55 uh, and West Virginia won outright 20, 20 to 13. Um, Quick question. Uh, Is West Virginia good? Or, they, or do you just for some reason hate West Virginia? No. So everything that I listened to going into the season and just looking at they, uh, I think it's next week or the week after West Virginia plays against Houston, and everybody was talking about whoever loses this game is going to lose their head coach since they're going to get fired. West Virginia has only lost one game, and that's to uh, Penn State at Penn State. So and Penn State's beating the shit out of everybody, right? Yeah. Now. Yes. I mean, they. I would say Penn State at the at a minimum is the second best team in the Big Ten. Um, I I mean, I would take them over Ohio State at this point. I think there's a solid argument that they might be tied or better than Michigan this far. They they've shown it so far. Michigan's just been, in a, to a lesser extent than Georgia, but they've been in like neutral, just kind of going through the motions. You know, four games in because again they haven't they haven't played anybody. Uh, some people picked you know Rutgers with the upset. They Michigan I think pushed. I think it was a 20, they were twenty four point favorite. But um, yeah, you can make an argument about argument about Penn State. They've been they've been electric so far. But um, with Texas Tech, uh, again, losing losing by seven to West Virginia. West Virginia, one of the better teams in the, the Big 12 at the moment. Uh, Texas Tech's quarterback left the game the first quarter with an injury. And, again, I don't really have much to say about this because I, they're, they're one and three at this point. The only one they have is against the FCS team. So um, are they going to are they gonna win the Big 12? No, are not even – they're not even going to get to the Big 12 championship. They're not – um, they're they're zero one at this point. It's just it's not looking good. Um, I don't know how long the quarterback's going to be out for, but he was you know on some people's like, uh, he was a dark horse on some people's Heisman you know preseason Heisman ballots and all that. Excuse me, but um, yeah, it's bad. It's bad. It fell off so much. I fell for the hype, and I'm going to fade them the rest of the season. I don't care. So I'm going to talk about them still. I'm going to, you know, man up and, and take responsibility for, for picking them before the season, but I am fading the hell out of them the rest of the year. I will say, you know, the Washington bandwagon is about to come cruising past you with a jet engine. If you'd like to stick your hand out, you can jump on. You still, you still got to get your telescope out and look back at, at the, uh, <laughs> at the Texas tech bandwagon, but yeah, Mainstream sports media hasn't picked up the Washington bandwagon yet, so I'm still mm -hmm. leading. You are welcome I, to I, jump on. I I may have to do that just for for my self esteem. I was in on them too. I thought Washington was going to be good. I I will. I again not as high on them as as you were, but I mean they're. I would take them over USC. I was a lot higher on USC than than uh, anybody that we've had on. But again, at this point, you can't. 
are Washington is the best team in the Pac-12 and maybe the country. All right, you ready to own up to some bets? Yeah, it's been a tough two weeks for me. Not not great. Uh, yeah. I think what I should really start doing is just like what I say on Thursday, cool. Mm-hmm. But what I actually put money on, I feel like I should put in like a social media post. Mm-hmm. Because I doubled my money this week and what I actually put money on. Yeah. So felt really good about it. I came to look at the doc to realize that I didn't do so hot in, in our picks. Um, but so I took UAB covering the 42. They obviously did that. Florida State minus two and a half. They won by seven. Got that one. I took Ole Miss to cover and the money line. Neither of those uh, worked out. So that's uh, that's two and two. I took Notre Dame to cover in the money line. So that's two and four. Mm-hmm. Took Washington to cover 21. That hit three and four. Wisconsin minus five and a half at Purdue. That hit, but I am very upset that I did not uh, know that was a Friday night game. Yeah. Because I was going to put more money than I normally do on a bet on this game. Mm-hmm. Lesson learned. Check the dates. Um, breaks me even for the week. Mm hmm. Then Georgia Tech at Wake Forest. Georgia Tech won the game, which super cool. Good for you. Mm-hmm. Um, did not hit the over 60. I think it, they ended up scoring 46, so that was mm-hmm. not anywhere close. Um, Army at Syracuse. They weren't far off from hitting the over. Mm-hmm. Still didn't necessarily get it. Um, but South Carolina covered six and a half uh, with playing Mississippi State at home. And then Penn State – Minus 14 and a half. I, I think I, God, I should have took that game. I as soon as I said you could have it, I immediately regretted it. You know, I, I really think for the rest of the season, my two bets week in, week out, my two hardcore every week is gonna be USC's over. It's mm-hmm. hit three out of four weeks this season, which I did put money on this week. Um, and then Penn State to cover. Mm-hmm. Penn State to cover every game they don't play Ohio State or Michigan. Yeah, that seems fair. Because that was the game. Had, I, that was the game. I thought that Penn State could have maybe mixed up on, and then they ended up, you know, what was it forty-two nothing? Like it yeah. wasn't even close. I mean, I know it was a whiteout, and that should have took it, but they've yeah. more than covered. Like I want to say they've covered plus a possession. Minimum in every game this season. Mm-hmm. So, so for all you hardcore degenerates out there that would like to uh, make some money with me, follow our link. Go to Bet US. USC's over, mm-hmm. and Penn State spread every week. Mm-hmm. So there's a couple weeks you might lose, mm-hmm. but, but if you win ten out of twelve weeks in the regular season, it's a win. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So for for you overall, so I counted when when you had said the the money line on Ole Miss and Notre Dame. Yeah, I just counted that as one loss. Okay. okay. So I, I have you at that. I have you at a I have you at six and four this week, twenty three and seventeen overall. So still making green, money. You're in the black. All right. So me on the other hand, so there was a lot of stuff that we had uh, that we had agreed on. So UAB covering that uh, 
plus 42. They did that. Florida State talked about that. They covered. Um, again, you convinced me to take the Ole Miss money line, but it wouldn't have mattered anyway because you know they lost by 14. Um, I did take the over in that game, the Ole Miss and Alabama game, which, again, fell short by 21 and a half points, so feel dumb there. And, again, I don't know why I took the over for Ohio State, Notre Dame. I thought at least maybe running the ball would end up happening, but no. I just I fell in love with Sam Hartman. That was my fault. He's too handsome. Um, to be fair, he did still play well. You know, like yeah. At this point, if they went out, Notre Dame is a potential uh, playoff dark horse. Mm-hmm. They're still in they, it. They, they they could. They very well could. I mean, they play USC still, so they can make up. They can make up ground there. Absolutely. I'm excited for that one. Yeah, it's going to be. I don't know when that game is, but that's going to be good. That's that's going to be worth talking about. Um, And then, again, missed out on Texas Tech. You know, they lost outright. They were a six-point favorite. Now, best bet-wise, did a lot better there. So, Maryland uh, kicked the shit out of Michigan State. So, they were – Maryland was an eight-point favorite. They won by – they won comfortably more than that. Um, I did take LSU to win by 17 and a half, and I don't know why because this Arkansas-LSU game is always close. And I didn't consider that going into it because I had just saw Arkansas just blow it against BYU, and I don't really think that highly of BYU. Um, so, again, my fault for uh, taking the Tigers there. I should know better to ever bet on LSU unless they're playing Ole Miss. And then <laughs> uh, uh, the BYU-Kansas game did go over 55, so it felt good there. The UNC pit. Over uh, 50 and a half hit that comfortably. And then I don't, again, uh, UVA just missed out beating NC State, but I did take NC State to cover the nine and a half uh, there, which again, red. So that said, week four record for me, I was five and seven uh, in week four, 20 and 17 overall. So I'm kind of hovering a little bit above 500 at this point. I will say this week in the stuff that I put money on, I did take your uh, UNC at pit over. Mm-hmm. And I also took UNC spread. Nice. Um, so I hit double on that game. Real, real happy about that. Mm-hmm. I do think what I'm going to do moving forward is put out our best bets every week and then maybe do a third page in that post mm-hmm. and put what I'm actually putting my money on. Yeah. Because – I've done very well this year. Mm-hmm. Um, there, Since week zero, there is one week where I broke even. Everything else, I've made money. So There you, there you go. And that one week was a legit break even and not lose money week. So <laughs> there you go. You know, maybe if I do that, you guys will make some money on BetUS with me. and uh, And you can actually – make some money versus versus our picks which haven't done so hot but still both still both uh in the black so it could mm-hmm. be worse yeah and make sure to use that code don't just sign up and just choose on one of the other ones go to our link and click on that yes um that'll help you out with the with the bonus and the risk-free bet stuff um it'll also help us out by them knowing that you're going through us so that'll definitely help um mm-hmm. Oh, this is what I was going to talk about. We are putting the ASW post out either tonight, which is Monday the 25th, or tomorrow, which is the 26th, 
Um, I think what we're going to do is give until midnight on Friday, October 6th. Okay. Because I know it's kind of late in the month. Um, our contact to ASW recently got married. Shout out David Booth. Um, so he was out for a little bit. Coming back into it now, we got into we uh, talked last week, and that's kind of when we when we set this thing up. So we're going to give you until midnight on October sixth. To all you have to do: follow our Instagram, follow our Twitter slash X, comment, tag a friend in the post, whether it's Instagram or Twitter. Um. And you know what? We'll even count. We'll even count Facebook group. You invite a friend to the Facebook group, they join, and you follow our Instagram and Twitter, and you're in. Um, there we go. We're 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 trying to give away a badass bottle of free made in Georgia vodka made by UGA fans and alumni. I think it's really cool. I hope you guys think it's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but even if you're not going to get in the giveaway, follow our Instagram at nothing.finder.pod. Follow the Twitter at FinderPod. Facebook and YouTube, just search us there. Make sure it's got our logo. I think that's it. I think I think so. Definitely oh, we check that out in the next day or two. Um, rate and review the show five stars. We'll send you a sticker. And as of Monday night, both of us are planning on going to the Savannah area UGA alumni um game situation they're doing at starlin yard Mm -hmm. um no free ads for the alumni association or starlin yard but it'll be a good time so if you want to hang out and you're in the savannah area come hang out with us there yeah it should Um, be fun hey the weather's gonna be great this weekend so definitely if you're not if you haven't been out before do it you better knock on wood um i am planning on bringing some stickers with me so if you do show up you know, I'll watch you rate the show five stars before you get a sticker. No free stickers. Um, Hell, I'll I'll probably put on my uh, McConkie on his donkey shirt. Why not? There we go. I'm wearing my McConkie jersey. So there we go. I shit. Bring a donkey. Bring a donkey while you're <laughs> at it. I'll get on it. I get called a jackass all the time, so I'm, I got I got us covered. So we're good. All right, guys. As always, remember there is nothing finer in the land. Been a drunk, obnoxious Georgia fan. Third and a mile. Duggan from the two will throw it all the way across the field. It's picked up by Bullardy. Bullard got it again. And Bennett to throw. Lobs it to the right corner. There's McConkey. He got on his donkey and made a sliding catch in the right corner. Touchdown.